People are bringing dogs into schools more than ever before. Usually the reason deals with social aspects or social skills. Comfort dogs, for example. A lot of times we call it canine therapy. But do we know the effect that dogs truly have on learning? Some research suggests that there are some benefits to dogs in the classroom, especially for students with disabilities. That's exactly what educational psychology doctoral student Katie Barton is trying to find out. Education Eclipse starts now. Education, news, and research. These are the conversations happening inside education, athletic training, sports science, and sport management that are going to transform each. It's Education Eclipse from Washington State University. Back here on Education Eclipse, and I'm joined by Katie Barton. And Katie, I'm really pleased to talk to you here at uh, Showcase about your research, which you're doing with Shola Adesop, the effects of dogs on learning outcomes of elementary, middle, and high school students. So basically K through 12 students, but the effects of dogs on those learning outcomes. Uh, briefly, give me an introduction about what this is about. So one of the things that um, is becoming more prevalent in schools is that a lot of people are starting to bring dogs into the classrooms. But the thing about bringing dogs into classrooms is that we don't know the effects that they really have on learning. But there is previous research that has suggested that dogs can be really beneficial for a multitude of different uh, students, including students with disabilities. So my research is really focusing on um, looking at all of the research that has been published, combining it into one big research project, which is my project, which is called a meta-analysis, and then seeing how those different effects um, through those different studies have impacted learning. Here in the College of Education, we have we've had the Human-Animal Interaction Symposium, for example, a couple of years ago, the Bustad event. It's, it's a constantly developing research, like we're still working on it. So what do we know right now about any of the outcomes? What have you found through this literature review that you're doing? You know, what are some of the basic overviews? Well, so far, what I've found through my research is that there is a positive effect happening. There are benefits that are going on, but I can't, we can't really pinpoint where those effects are yet because the field of human-animal interactions is still lacking in methodological rigor. So it's really hard to pinpoint, but based on the research that I collected and analyzed, we, can see, we see that there is a positive benefit happening for um, areas including reading, um, improving social skills, emotional and behavioral skills, and uh, cognitive and motor skills. There are benefits happening. Um, we see the most benefits happening with students in their so social skills, in their social skill development. So um, what we want to now figure out is what is it about the dog, what is it about the students, and what is it about the setting and the environment that is um, providing this benefit. And so far, there are benefits happening, but we still can't con conclusively pinpoint where they are yet. My perception is we talk about the social aspects, and, and when we talk about dogs, it's it's canine therapy or, or something like that. That seems to be what we, you know, how can a dog help a child who's distraught or has certain emotional issues cope and then do better in school that way? I think this is really interesting. I would imagine, is this conducted in the school environment if we were to look at uh, inclusion or exclusion criteria? 
Absolutely. So all of, so one of my inclusion and exclusion criteria is that all the studies that I included, they had to be conducted in a school environment. So either in a classroom or on school grounds. And on school grounds, that might mean uh, the playground or out in the grassy area of the school or maybe even a library or computer lab. But it had to be conducted in a school environment. And the reason for that is because studies who that might have you know, been done in like a homeschool environment, for example, we don't know, we can't really compare the homeschool environment with a regular school environment because they have, they might have different effects. So I really wanted to focus on the school environment. So if you're looking at all these different articles, uh, peer-reviewed articles, I would imagine, what did you have to look up to find the right articles, the ones responsive to what you were looking for? Are there keywords or what did you, with a meta-analysis, what do you look up to, to get that, those results? So I used a whole bunch of different databases, specifically databases surrounding education. Um, I could have looked in other places, but I knew that the education databases were going to be my best bet to find articles with dogs that were conducted in schools specifically. So I used education databases and I used um, animal assisted as my main keyword and that helped me discover all of the literature possible surrounding animal-assisted therapy or learning or interventions or education. Um, that's those, that key word is basically what helped me capture all those. And then in order to kind of narrow it down into school environments, I used additional keywords such as learning, school, uh, elementary school, at-risk students, um, middle school, etc. And by then, that helped me narrow it down specifically into school environments. Special education, was that one of them? Yes, special education was one of them. I really wanted to look at all of the range of different students and stuff because that will really help us discover the, basically the students that will be able to be uh, impacted by a dog. So I wanted to look at um, students with and without disabilities and students who may um, have even been attending an alternative school. So students who have um, usually troublesome behaviors and whatnot. So I wanted to look at those students and I also wanted to look at therapeutic schools for students who have more severe disabilities who can't be integrated into normal school populations. Through your research, through the articles, through the number, how many participants are we talking about? So far, I in all of the studies that I had, I had 1,600 students. Through those results, are there any that you feel do show some kind of relevance that we're, we're, we're on to something? It's still out in the air, but are there any that are much more advanced that you're like, hey, I think we've got, we're on to something? Yes, absolutely. So, um, again, looking specifically at social skills, emotional, behavioral skills, and reading skills, those were the three areas of learning that I found were really impact impacted by dogs. And then if we go into uh, samples, for example, um, I found that... Um, some of the most beneficial areas of learning from dogs was in typical schools, in regular, normal, elementary, middle, and high schools. Um, but that's only because most of the studies that were conducted were from those schools. So those, of course, had the higher effect. So basically the way it works is the more students you have, the higher the chance you're going to find an effect. So we really want to focus on getting more research in other types of schools. Um, and we also found, looking at dogs, specifically the dogs that go into the classroom, we found that 
one of the most interesting things is that students get the most benefit from small dogs and large dogs, not even medium dogs, but small and large. And I found that to be a very interesting finding. Um, and then finally, I also found that the most um, impactful way of grouping samples would be full classroom samples instead of being with a dog one-on-one -on -one or being in with a dog in a small group. And I found that really interesting because that kind of goes against everything, all the research that um, most of the uh, field has found. Usually the field will suggest that you want to work with a dog one-on-one -on -one or in small groups. But my research is saying, no, putting them in a classroom with all of the peers is more beneficial. And, and I think that's because we are concentrating on that aspect of therapy instead of what we're talking about here. So let's move to, you know, policy. You're not a policy expert. Maybe you are. Maybe you are in a former life. But let's say, let's say you get these amazing results and it tells a very compelling story. Now what? Like, what do we do with that? I think that that's a, that, I think we're a long way from being able to do something in the form of actually implementing animal-assisted learning into schools, into all schools right now. We're, we're, we still have so many unanswered questions. If we were to find, if I did stumble across this amazing discovery, that would really advance the research though. That would really help the research in terms of what needs to be done next, what research needs to be done next, what questions needs to be answered, and how to best implement dogs into schools. Now that's the most important part is how do we best implement dogs into schools so that they are the most effective. So that is what my research is really trying to answer right now. I think I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you this question, but do you have dogs? Oh yeah, I have I have a 14-year-old dog who's still going strong, and I also uh, have another dog who uh, is with my family right now. But my dog, yes, I have a 14-year-old, and she's my everything. <laughs> what kind of dog? She's a Springer Spaniel. Very good. Well, Katie Barton, thank you so much for joining me on Education Eclipse, and uh, I'm excited to see where this goes, so thank you very much for joining me. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You've been listening to Education Eclipse, a College of Education podcast from Washington State University.